in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. in Christ. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Let me just say about verse 2 as we're looking at it here. You know, that the Lord Jesus talks about spiritual faithfulness in terms very similar uh, to marriage. And he talks about unfaithfulness as being adultery, that when we, when we give ourselves to someone else and to something else, he calls that adultery. And that's a picture we can understand. Uh, it's a picture that we can understand the pain of. And the Apostle Paul is taking those, that thought here and he's saying to us, that, you know, he wants us to be married to Christ and he wants us to be pure to be chaste. And uh, when he's talking to this Corinthian church, he's constantly watching over them and constantly trying to uh, reprimand them and correct them. Uh, it's interesting that he never doubts that they are Christian. He never, he never questions that they, they are Christian. But really, uh, the manifestation of their Christianity or the way they lived left a huge amount to be desired. And so Paul is going after them. And the issue he's dealing with now is somebody bringing in a gospel that's not Christ's gospel. Somebody bringing in a gospel, and he's warning them against that. And he wants them to stay simple. Now look at the next verse. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, how did the serpent beguile Eve? How did he actually take and beguile Eve? Well, God's message for Adam and Eve was very simple, wasn't it? Okay, Adam, you see all these trees, all that fruit, it's all yours. Eat it any time of the day or night. Listen, it's all yours. You, you can have it any time you like. See that one tree? I don't want you to touch that. Just, that's, the, that's not yours. I don't, I don't want you to eat that fruit. Okay, you got that? Adam, Easy. God made it very simple. The other God makes it very simple for us. And what does the enemy do? The enemy comes in and he complicates it completely for her. He comes in and, he, and he, what he starts doing is he starts questioning God's motive in denying them this one fruit. And instead of Eve saying, now hang on a minute, Satan, we have all this fruit that we can enjoy. Uh, there's just this one that we're not allowed. Get off it. We've got more than we need, more than we want. She goes with him on it. And he says, you know, the reason why God doesn't want you having it is because if you had it, you'd be just like him. He's just denying you. Isn't that always what the enemy comes to us with? He's just denying you. If you would just go my way, you would have more. But it's always a lie. Adam and Eve didn't have more. Adam and Eve had so much less after this. Adam and Eve, he stole from them and they gave it to him. And you know, God makes it very simple for us and we can complicate it. Take away from the simplicity. And when we do, we always lose. We always lose. God wants it simple. I'm really thrilled that God wants it simple. Because I'm kind of simple, and you know what? It's, 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 I'm, I'm glad I can actually get it. 
But God wants to keep it simple, the simplicity that is in Christ. Verse 4, for if, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with them. And here's the thing I think the Corinthians, that was a problem for the Corinthians. They, they were kind of looking for something else. Something more. Is that it? Is that all there is? Did, did you ever say that to yourself? Is that it? Is that all there is? I want, I, want, I want more. Now listen, more of Christ, certainly. But you know, you have all in him. You are complete in him. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We have in Jesus. We have everything. Everything that we... We don't need another Christ. We don't need another gospel. We need to be careful that we don't let anybody complicate this thing for us. This thing is very simple. It's very straightforward. And we need to understand that God has made it so purposefully because we're simple people. And it's for everybody. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, would you bless us now? Help us, Lord, as we look to your word, Lord. Help us to tease out the truth, Lord, to see it and to accept it. And Lord, may we be blessed and encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, God has not made knowing him difficult or only for those with enough intellectual ability to read great theologies. Sometimes simple people have the greatest understanding of who God is. Do you realize that? Do you understand that? Jesus said this. He said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know that a child can understand who God is and the fact that he died for him and can come into a sweet relationship with him? And it's not just, you know, well, they're saved and, they're, and, they're, and they'll begin to grow later on. No, they can relate to God because the Spirit of God goes into a child just the same as it goes into an adult and they begin to relate to God. And sometimes you meet a child who is touched of God. I've known some children that were touched of God. They, they would be a reproach to you sometimes. I mean, Ori had his troubles later on, but when he was young and he got saved, God's hand was on the boy. You could see it. he would pray for things and, uh, and expect God to do them, and God would do them. And, uh, and sometimes as an adult, it was harder to trust than it was for this little half-pint, uh, six or eight-year-old, to actually understand God and cry out to God and see God do things in his life. And by the way, parents... If you see that in a child, encourage it. And don't make them proud, because it's not of them, it's of him. But if you see that in a child, you encourage, you encourage that. Uh, that's important. And don't, don't look in your child and go, ah, oh, bless, what could you know? No, listen, you know what? A child can relate to God, because God's made it simple. He's made it very simple. But you know that another gospel is always less simple, more complex, more difficult. In fact, if it comes across to you and you have to scratch your head and you have to think about it and you have to try and work your way through it and think, now, hang on a minute. Um, can you tell me again how you arrived at this position? And somebody has to go through and to show you five times uh, before you get it. It's probably not straight. Because truth is simple. And truth rings in your heart. And the Spirit of God is the interpreter of truth to your life. You don't understand that. That it's the Spirit of God that brings that truth to your life. And oh, yes, there are more complex things and more difficult things. But you know what? The truths, the basic truths of Christianity are very, very simple. They are very straightforward. 
They are things that are so easy for us to reckon on and to be understand. I want to give you three things this morning that are simple. The simplicity of salvation, the simplicity of faith, and the simplicity of obedience. First of all, the simplicity of salvation, though, right? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> salvation is simple, right? Uh, Acts 16, verse 30. We have here the Philippian jailer. Now, this man is on the edge. Remember, Paul and Silas were cast into prison, and um, <clears throat> about midnight they sang, and they praised God, and there was an earthquake, and their chains fell off effectively. The doors all opened up of the prison, and they were free to go. And the Philippian jailer, jailer is roused from his sleep, and he hears what's, here's, here's the goings-on, and he begins to realize what's happening, and he goes for his sword to kill himself. Now, why was he going to kill himself? Because he was a jailer, and it was his responsibility uh, to look after these people, and if the prisoners got away, his life went for their lives. That was just the rule. Right? That was the rule. You know, if you were left to guard somebody, that would kind of make you... Uh, keep your eyes open and, uh, and do your job pretty well, wouldn't it? Well, <clears throat> this man knew. So, so he's there, and I imagine that he's got the sword uh, plunged, ready to go into his tummy. He's just about to fall on it. I think he might even have a nick on his tummy. I'm, uh, the Bible doesn't say this. But he's about this far from eternity. He's just about to die. And Paul cries out and says, Do thyself no harm. We are all here. And so he's got a question for Paul. And in his context, it's a pretty important question. And it's a pretty immediate question. Because if Paul hadn't cried out, by now he'd be there wherever there was going to be. Right? And he says, and he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now this is a captive audience. This is somebody who's motivated, who's interested, who's ready to hear. So Paul's going to give him three things he needs to do, three things he needs to know, and five things he needs to do in order to be saved. No. No. Look what Paul does. Look what Paul says to him. <clears throat> and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Could it be simpler? I mean, it's almost too simple, isn't it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. By the way, his house had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved too. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. So everybody got to hear it, and you know they were all baptized later that, that, <clears throat> that night, because uh, they, they, they came to the place where they heard the way of salvation. I said, how are you going to get saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You say, now hang on a minute, don't, don't you have some more things that we need to write down that we need to kind of take notes on? No, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible explains it in different terms. Call, it talks about the gospel. It talks about trusting him. It talks about depending upon him. It talks about receiving him. But it's all the same thing. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, and thou shalt be saved. That's, that's it. There's nothing else that you have to do. Now, as believers, we look at that, and we, we, we've experienced it, so we know it. But you may come this morning, and you may not be a believer, and you may say, now, hang on a minute, that's a bit too easy. can't be that simple. There has to be more to it than that. There has to be more to it than that. <clears throat> right? The enemy likes to make salvation complicated and difficult. Uh, some of you have heard the story when I was a child. My, my earliest spiritual memory is about six or eight years old. Uh, in school, they had talked about the cross and hell. And I was terrified. And I remember getting out of bed, terrified, when I, coming down to my mom and saying to her, I do not want to go to hell. 
I do not. I was terrified. I, listen, it had, whatever, whatever had gone on in school had really gotten to me. And <clears throat> my mother told me this. She said, well, if you're good, you won't go to hell. Now, I was only six or eight years old. But you know what? I knew that was impossible. I knew I couldn't be that good. I, I, I knew I couldn't get it right all the time. I knew there was no way. And I think, you know, that night I gave up on heaven. I think, I, you know what? It's impossible. I'm never going to get there. I'm not that good. I could never be that good. Twenty years later, the Cummins, somebody came and told me that, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to do anything. You just have to believe, depend upon what Jesus did. Boy, that opened my eyes. I could go to heaven now. I didn't have to be good. I knew I couldn't be good. I could go to heaven now because somebody else paid the price for my sin. In the meantime, I had talked to I don't know how many dozens of people with different religions and different ways of looking at them. They all, all were complicated. They were all complicated. They were all difficult. But when I came to the gospel, it was simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He says, too easy. Yeah, somebody said it's too easy for us, but it wasn't for him. You see, when he paid the price, he paid all the price. He paid all the price for my sin, uh, all the price for your sin. He paid it all. He didn't leave any leftovers to be paid for. And we think we kind of have to put our tuppence worth in. That we have to add something to it. No. There's nothing more to pay. It's all paid. Jesus paid the price completely. All I have to do is believe on him, is trust in him. Let me ask you some questions. Are you a sinner? Well, unless you're more deluded than normal, you know what you recognize that you are. Because we all are. Right? <clears throat> now, the next question is harder for us to take on board because while we think we're not perfect, none of us are so bad that we should go to hell. But do you realize that the wages of sin is death? And the Bible says, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Do you realize that the price of sin is hell? You, you might not like that, but that's what the Bible says. You might not think you deserve that, but that's what the Bible says. And you see, here's the problem. Your sin earned a wage that has to be paid for. That's just the way it is. And <clears throat> you've earned a place in hell. You say, well, that's not good news. No, that's not good news. But you know, there is good news. That's what the gospel means. The gospel means good news. You know, the, you know the good news is? The good news is that Jesus paid the price for your sin. That he took our body in his, took our sin in his body on the tree. And he paid it. He paid it all. We sing a song, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. He paid it all. He paid for your sin. He, he, listen, you didn't even know him, you didn't care about him, but he paid for your sin. And then the Bible says, will you just trust what I did? Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you trust what I did? And I will save you. And it's as simple as that. Some people call, complain about easy believism. There's nothing simpler than believing. There's nothing simpler than coming to the place of trusting God. <clears throat> it is simple. God made it simple. God intended it to be simple. Men complicate the whole thing, but God intended for it to be very simple. 
He intended for you and I to sit with our mouths open saying, Really? You paid it all? There's nothing left for me to pay. I just have to believe. That's a happy day in your life when you come to the place where you see that. That is a happy day. Oh, there's lots more uh, in this relationship with him than just that, but that's a happy day. That's the simplest thing it could be. Sometimes Christians make it difficult. Sometimes people will tell you, well, okay, if you're going to be saved... Now, you need, to make, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life and you need to be faithful to the end. Right now, a bunch of you are saved uh, in this room. Now, how many of you made him Lord of your life the moment you got saved and you haven't done anything wrong since? Anyone, any, anyone to say? I, I couldn't put my hand up to that. <laughs> Could you put your hand up to that? No, you couldn't. You know, listen, I think we need to make Jesus Lord of our lives. Because he is Lord. But I don't think we make him Lord of our lives when we get saved. I didn't know him well enough. All I knew when I got saved was, I'm a sinner, I deserve hell. But he paid the price for sin, and I said, Lord, save me. And he did. He did. And, and he's never taken it back. I've not gotten it all right since then. He's never taken it back. And you know what? I so want him to be Lord of everything in my life because I found him trustworthy and I I love him. But you know what? I didn't make him Lord of my life to get saved. I didn't promise to be faithful to the end because you know what? I wasn't able. Neither were you. You know what you did? You cried out to him. You believed. And he saved you. And if you're not saved, you know, that's exactly what you need to do. Sometimes Christians make it difficult, though. I understand why they do. Because you know what? You can say to Christianity, and you see people doing all kinds of things that are crazy, that, that believers shouldn't be doing. And you, and you want to kind of raise the bar a bit, so you kind of put some stipulations in there. But you know when you put stipulations in there, you change the gospel. It's not the same gospel anymore now. The gospel is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. By grace you save through faith, not not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The gospel is all his work in me. I just receive. I just received him. That's all I did. That's all you did. And oh, listen, there's, there's, there's a walk with him and there's a growing in him and there's an enjoying him that comes after that. But you know, when I got saved, it was simple. As simple could be. You know, other believers talk about Calvinism and Arminianism, and, 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 they, and they have people in a quandary. Uh, you know, Calvinist says that, you know, unless you're the elect, you can't be saved. And uh, scripturally, there's a truth involved in that, right? But, but here's the problem for, for, for people. They look at this Calvinism thing and think, well, maybe I'm, I'm not one of the elect. Now, listen, do you know what God said? Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't put any barriers in. He didn't put any deep theologies that you can't quite understand. Calvinists, what they do is they take one side of it and they hammer on that side of it. And Armenians hammer on another side of it. And you know what? There's a truth in Scripture, uh, but the truth to you is if you will call out to him, he will save you. That's the simple truth. You don't need no more than that. By the way, even as a believer, you can't work out Calvinism and Arminianism. You can't work out the free will of man and the sovereignty of God, how the two interact and connect together. You just can't work it out. You don't have a brain big enough to do it. You just need to accept that both are true. Somebody put it this way. They said <clears throat> that <clears throat> it's like an arch. 
uh, on one side of the arch, it's uh, whosoever will may come. And on the other side of the arch is uh, elect uh, from the beginning of the world, from before the beginning of the world. Right? That both are true. Listen, you don't need to worry about all that. You, don't, you just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, the world thinks it's too simple. Doesn't, it, don't, don't, doesn't the world kind of laugh at us? You know, have you ever had somebody laugh at you? you? You mean to say, you mean to say, and here's what they'll do. You mean to say, if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that I'm saved and I can go out and murder somebody? Isn't, isn't that what they'll do? And they, and they want to laugh, because that's ridiculously simple. The reality is, if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says I'm saved. But you know what? I've never wanted to murder anybody since I got saved. In fact, uh, <coughs> I think I wanted to murder people before I was saved, but not after I was saved. Something, something changed inside of me, and God, God changed something inside of me. But, you know, the truth is that all I did was I believed on him, I trusted in him. And when you trust in him, he does it all. He does it all. Nobody in this room, nobody in this world is going to stand, go knock at the door of heaven and say, uh, I've got a ticket to get in here, I, I, I've earned my place. Oh, listen, if you're born again by faith in Jesus Christ, I guarantee you're going in. But you don't deserve it. You've not earned it. You're going in on the merits of Jesus Christ that paid the price for your sin 2,000 years ago. All of him. Nothing of you. That should make us humble. <clears throat> that should make us humble. None of us are great ones. We're just not. Oh, we want to be great ones, but we're not great ones. How could you be a great one if the only claim you have to fame is the cross of Jesus Christ and the fact that he died for you? <clears throat> and anything you do after that, by the way, is all of him. Oh, listen. It's simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Question for you. Have you? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you come to that place, that point in time, where you've put your trust in him and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. But you're a savior. And you said, if I will put my trust in you, depend upon you, you would save me. Well, Lord, I'm asking you to do it. Have you come to that place? It'll change your life if you do. I guarantee it'll change your life. And not only your life, it'll change eternity. If you will come to him and ask him, it will make you perfect but it will change your life if you will trust in him because the gospel is simple. It's so simple. Don't, don't let anything steal away the simplicity of the gospel uh, in your life. I'm, I'm not saved because I'm a good person. I'm not saved because I serve God. I'm saved because one day I came as a sinner and I knelt by my bed and I said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. Would you save me? And then I jumped into bed real quick and um, I went to sleep. And I was saved that moment. From that moment on, there was no possibility of me going to hell. Because he had done something in my... Did I do anything? No, I just, I just got wise and recognized, this is what I need. And you know what? If you'll do that, he'll save you. And if you'll let him, he'll do a lot more for you. But you know what? You need to be saved first. That's the most important thing. Second thing I want you to see is this, though. The simplicity of faith... You know, now that you want to please God, now that you're saved, you want to please God. So how? We've got three things, and three things you need to know and five things that you need to do to please God. No. It's very simple. 
very simple for you to please God. Right? Look at look, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it is impossible to please him. So how are you going to please him? By faith. Okay, so by faith I got saved. And now by faith I'm going to please him. I'm going to trust him. Right? <clears throat> uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Well, you know what? If you're saved this morning, you definitely believe that he is, don't you? And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what? <clears throat> I've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he's how this is going to play out in my life. <clears throat> uh, what's going to happen in my life is now he's going to lead in my life and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust that he's God, that he's able. And then I'm going to trust that he is a rewarder. I would be blessed if I let him have his way and follow him. I'm going to, I, and I'm going to live differently because of that in my life. Now, this is a scary world. And it seems like it gets scarier every day, doesn't it? It seems like there are things happening all the time that make this world scary. But you know, I'm not scared. And you don't need to be scared either. Because he's in charge. All I need to do is trust him. Trust him. Trust his promises. Walk with him. It's the safest place in the world. It's the place you were made to live. You know, I never have to face another day that the one who is God and is a rewarder is not with me. Because he promised. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he promised you that when you got saved too. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're my child now. I won't let go of you. I'll walk with you. And as I walk with him, trusting him, listen, I live in the safest place in the world. I live in that sweet place where he's in charge. And you know, as long as you're trusting him, you, you, you're going to live in that same place again. All right, so, <clears throat> so you're saved and you're walking by faith. And uh, <clears throat> the next thing you want to know is, well, <clears throat> um, I, I, I don't want to sin anymore. I want to obey him. How am I going to obey him? And again, we're going to give you a list of things that you have to do and know before you can obey him. No, Bible makes it real simple. If you don't want to sin, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Could it be simpler? Could it be simple? Now listen, don't we make it complicated? Don't we make it difficult? No, walk in the Spirit. What's my focus supposed to be the Spirit? You see, when I got saved, the Spirit of God came to indwell me. That's a reality. You know, <clears throat> humanly speaking, that's hard to understand. You mean, the fullness of God came in to me and dwells in me? Well, that's what the Bible says. And when I got saved, the Spirit of God came in to indwell me. And you know, <clears throat> I believe it. I believe it because the Bible says it, but I also believe it because I've experienced the reality of a relationship with this Spirit, and He's there already. But he came to indwell me the moment I got saved. <clears throat> now, he comes in and he gives power to overcome sin. He gives power to overcome sin. You see, <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, before I was saved, I knew the difference between right and wrong because I had a conscience. <clears throat> a God-given conscience. I knew some things were right and some things were wrong. But you know, the fact that I knew that some things were wrong didn't stop me from doing them. And the truth and the reality is that it didn't stop me from doing them because... I needed, I wanted, I had a pressure inside me to do them. I couldn't stop doing them effectively. 
you know, sin had dominion over me, you might say. You'll know the same truth in your own life. Sin had dominion over you. You know, sin ruled in your life. Now, you may have gotten saved when you were very small, and, you, and maybe you can't remember it uh, as clearly as I can. I was 26 years old. But if you got saved when you were very young, <clears throat> the reality is sin still had dominion over you. Ask your mother. Right? <clears throat> she, 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 she can usually remind you about some things in your life before you were saved uh, that were um, pretty clearly different uh, after you got saved. You see, <clears throat> that's the reality. The, the reality is, but after I got saved and the Spirit came in to indwell, there was a new power. Oh yeah, we could look at Romans chapter 6 and we could look at the details of, of God explaining how that happens. But the basic truth is, there was a new power in me that I didn't have to sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, you're under grace. Sin shall not have power over you. You don't have to do it. Now you may be saying, hang on a minute, Pastor, you don't understand. In my life I got this and this and this and this that I have to do. No, you don't. You're lying to yourself. And the lie you're telling yourself that you have to is what's killing you. You don't, because the Bible says sin does not have dominion over you. Do you know better than the Bible? Hmm, that's a good question, isn't it? Because, you know, whenever we go against the Bible, what we're saying effectively is, I know better. In this case, and for my life, I know better. No, you don't. If the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you because you're under <clears throat> grace but not under the law, you know what? Sin doesn't have dominion over you. You need, to, you need to wake up to the reality of that. And you need to quit. You say it's not that simple. It is that simple. <clears throat> you need to quit because you know what? The Bible says that sin no longer has dominion over you. You see, you can obey. Not because of how great you are. You see, if you look to yourself, you're always going to fail. Because you've got a sin nature inside you, and your sin nature didn't, didn't go away, and it's not going away anytime this side of heaven. If you look to yourself, you, if you wake up in the morning, and you say, okay, for today, not today, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, and it's all I, 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 I guarantee you, you're going to fall. The, the passage says, walk in the Spirit. You wake up in the morning and you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to walk with you today. Whatever you want to do, we're doing. Whatever you don't, we're not doing. Or I'm walking with you. I can't do it, but I'm depending upon you. I'm walking with you. And you walk in the Spirit. You know what's going to happen? You're going to come home in the evening. You're going to go, wow. That was an amazing day. That was a different kind of day. I didn't do those things I've been doing. Why? Because I was walking with him. You see, God knows you and I. We're not good at rules. We have a twist in us <clears throat> that makes us want to disobey the rules. We're really not good at rules. So when it came to this age of grace, he didn't do rules. He did a relationship, a person, the Holy Spirit. And if you and I will follow the Holy Spirit, you know what we'll find? We'll find... I don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I don't do the old things. I'm just walking with him and enjoying him. Now, here's what will happen. Here's what people will do to you very often. <clears throat> people will throw a spanner in the works by telling you, oh, well, if you're going to be a good Christian, you've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And <clears throat> you get focused on the rules. 
And you know what? You're not walking with the Spirit anymore. You end up falling on your face. Are there rules out there? Yeah, there will be until we go home to glory. Don't focus on the rules, though. Focus on the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll find you're obeying the rules. The Bible says this. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What does that mean? That means <clears throat> that if I follow Christ, walk in the Spirit, I will walk in his righteousness. Now you say, hang on, are, you, are you really that holy? No, I am not that holy. And I don't always do it, and neither do you. But you know, the reality is it's there for me. The reality is that, that, listen, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And I guarantee you, anytime you're fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, anytime you're not walking in the Spirit, and you've got a twofold problem, obviously the sin you've got to deal with, but you also got another problem. Lord, I'm not walking with you. Where did I get off? Where did I stop walking with you? Because if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's simple. God made it simple. He made salvation simple. He made faith simple. He made obedience simple. Because that's what we need. We need simple. We make it complicated. People make it complicated. Books make it complicated. <clears throat> Sometimes preachers make it complicated. But God made it simple. You want to get saved? Just trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Depend upon Him. And listen, it's done. You want to please God? Just walk by faith. Depend upon him. Depend upon him to be good and to reward you. Just depend upon him. You want to stop sinning? Listen, <clears throat> just walk in the Spirit. God made it real simple for us. I'm so glad he made it simple. I can, I can do simple. I can't do complicated. You ever have somebody try and explain something to you, and by the time they finished explaining it to you, you were more confused uh, than when they started? <clears throat> I've had people do that to me theologically. And here's what happens. You think, hang on a minute. Maybe I'm not up to scratch. Maybe I, maybe I don't think very well. Maybe, maybe I'm not. No, you know what the truth is? The truth is it's simple. It's so simple a child can understand it. A child can walk with God. Well, listen. You need to understand God made it simple. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we're going to see why God made it simple for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 26. Looked at part of this passage a couple of weeks ago. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty not many noble are called. By the way, on that word noble there, Queen Victoria of years ago uh, was a believer, they said. And one day in church, she gave a testimony. And she said, I want to thank God for the letter M. And she said, because <clears throat> if you took the letter M out of the word many, it would be not any noble. And I couldn't have been saved because I was born noble. But not many noble. There are some that are noble, but you know what? There are not many wise. 
There are not many noble. There are not many great ones that get saved. It just doesn't happen. Why? Well, because for the most part, they trust in their greatness. They trust in their wisdom. They trust in their might. They trust in their nobility. But you and I didn't, did we? You and I recognized we had a need. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You know, one of the qualifications for becoming his is you have to be a foolish thing. Aren't you glad? Because I have to admit, listen, I've been pretty foolish in my life. You've been foolish in your life? I, I, could, th- I could think I've been fo- one of the foolish ones. And so have you. <clears throat> Not many wise. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. You know, there's no news cameras coming into this room to get the wisdom of the Word of God so that they can portray it to the whole world. If they did come in, for the most part, they'd be coming in for a joke, wouldn't they? To laugh at us because, you know, we're so silly. And and we believe in creation. When everybody knows that, you know, the world just happened. And, you know, we believe you can be saved and go to a place called heaven. And they would laugh at our foolishness. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. And look at verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Nobody is going to glory in his presence. Nobody is going to stand and say, you know what I did when I was in the world? Well, I got saved, and I did this, and I did that. And no, we're not going like that. If you're not humble now, you will be in that day. If you're not humble in the day that you see him, you'll be humble. We sang the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. It's based on Isaiah's testimony from Isaiah chapter 6. Do you know that in the first five chapters of Isaiah, I think it's five times, Isaiah says, woe on the world, woe on the world, woe on people, woe on, <coughs> on people. And then he comes to Isaiah chapter 6, and he says, woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And all of a sudden, his focus is not on how bad they are. His focus is on who he is. And that God comes and God fixes him. God deals with him. Why? Because I say, you can't glory in yourself. You, you didn't do it, I say. God took a coal from the altar and he did it for you. God took a son and he did it for you. You know, <clears throat> it's not the proud. It's not the mighty. It's not the noble. It's not the wise. It's foolish children. And we were very foolish. And yet, when he offered us salvation, we said yes. Me, please. And he said yes. And to as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God even to as many as believed on his name. Made me his son. Took me in. Made me his child. I'm his. Not because I'm anything great, but because he's great.
See, it's simple. You had to make it simple for foolish people to understand it. You had to make it simple so that you and I could understand it. He made it all simple. Don't let anybody complicate it. Don't get on YouTube and let somebody complicate the whole thing and have your mind in a spin so that you don't know what you're thinking or, or believing. It's not simple. Read your Bible. Do you know there are people in this world who have <clears throat> never been to Bible college, who have never been to a training class, but they've got Bibles. Oftentimes, many Bibles, worn Bibles, underlined Bibles. They've been through the Bible over and over and over again. And they are great theologians. Do you know why? Because a great theologian is somebody who knows God well. Do you know that you can do that? That you can get to know him well. He hasn't put a barrier up there. He hasn't given you an intellectual barrier that you overcome. He said, look, get to know me. He said, I want a relationship with you. I'll make it simple for you. Walk with me. Get saved by faith. Simple. <clears throat> Walk with me in faith. Simple. Walk in the spirit. Simple. I know, you're, I know you don't have uh, all that you'd like to have as far as uh, theological understanding. Just walk with me. I'll teach it all to you. And there are people who read their Bibles and come to church and pray every day and they grow into this deep, deep relationship with Him. And one day, they're going to step out of this world and they're going to say, Hello, Jesus. Because they know Him so very well. Because they walked with Him all their days. It's simple. You can do it. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we thank you for making it simple. Thank you that we can look at your word and we can understand and we can learn to walk with you. Thank you that you're the one that quickens us and draws us to you that you're the one that helps us to walk in faith, and that you're the one that empowers us to be obedient. Now, Lord, would you bless us. Bless us, bless us Lord, with fullness of you. May we know you deeply and richly, and may we enjoy you, so that in that day when we step into your presence, Lord, it's a joy and a delight to meet that one that's been our close friend all these years. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Let me ask you, couple of questions here this morning. You would say this morning, you're talking about salvation being simple. I see it's simple, but I've never yet trusted him. I see it's for me and I want it, but I've never yet trusted him. But right now, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to simply trust in him, believe in him to save me. Now we normally say I'm going to call out to him and calling out to him is important evidence of the fact that we're trusting him. But the trusting him is just you recognizing you're a sinner. You deserve hell. He paid the price for your sin and you're trusting him today. If you'd say that, I'm trusting him right now, would you lift your hand so I can see it? Amen. See that hand. Amen. Let me ask you one other question. 
you're here and you're a believer and you know you are. You know you're going to heaven. You know you've trusted him and you're going to heaven. But, <clears throat> but you would say, you know, <clears throat> it's gotten complicated for me. It's gotten difficult and I'm failing and I'm kind of walking away and I'm living not the way I ought to, but today I'm stepping back into the simplicity of my faith in him and I'm going to walk with him by faith and I'm going to walk in the spirit and I'm expecting victory because he promises. I'm going to make it simple and I'm going to expect victory because he promises. Would you lift your hands so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your work in hearts and lives. Thank you, Lord, for dealing with your children. Lord, we love you. And, oh, Lord, we want to see you more so that we can walk with you and please you. And, Lord, would you help us, Lord, for those that raised a hand as far as salvation is concerned. Or may today be the day that they sweetly trust in you. And, oh, Lord, for those that raised a hand saying they're going to walk with you in the simplicity of faith and walk in the Spirit, Lord, uh, may today be a new day for them too. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.